Hey, welcome to Noob. This is episode 14, September 20th. If we sound a little different, we are inside, getting a little rain out, a little rain delay going. Thank you to Jose, friend yeah. of the show. Jose, friend of the show. Uh, not to take it lightly, I mean, we got it a lot better than a lot of people, but uh, it is your host, Ben Vandal, Boston Beer Bear on Instagram, Treehouse Benny on Untapped. Mo is to my left, your radio right. Uh, Mo is our co-host for the day, so we have a pretty quick show for you. But Mo, how you been? Been good. Things are going well. Um, nothing really to complain about. No great beer stories. Uh, I did get a Trillium gift certificate for my birthday the other day. Wow. Late birthday present from the in-laws. There you go. Oh, from Scott, brother-in-law. Okay. Um, so, yeah, just kind of waiting for something cool to come out to jump up there. Um, that's pretty much it. Not not a whole lot going on right now. That's an all-star gift right there. Yeah, I mean, he always he always hooks it up with some beer. <laughs> so our tap list um, is going to be relatively new. Again, we're staying away from weird beer stuff and vocabulary for another week. We'll bring them back next week, but we want to try out some new segments. So we're starting with local releases and what are you drinking. We're going to go into an old segment, Cold Beer Good Read, back by popular demand. <laughs> Uh, we have a bad beer review, which is a brand new segment that we'll get into. We also have Tis the Season, another new segment. And as always, we will end with Shelfer of the Week. So we will get it going with our uh, drinking game, actually. I'm going to update the drinking game a bit. I feel like we've gotten away from Fantastic and Dive In. And Mo still does shout out his wife quite a bit. Yep. Jess is in the background here. Shout out to Jess for yep. the show. But he does not say... Correct as often. He has corrected that mistake, ironically enough. I think I have. And I have found that I say something different. So I'm going to update the show for myself. I'm going to say, every time I say so as a transition point, that needs to be All right. drink. I mean, you're going to drink a lot this episode, but I am going to work on it. Okay, that's another Vigorous. one that I, I didn't really notice, but now I'll notice every time you do it. Yeah, I say it a lot. Interesting. Uh, do you have anything that you would like to work on as far as... Um, your cadence or anything? Or? I think um is definitely a word that I say a lot, but if you drink every time that we say um, I yeah. mean, you, you know, you won't even make it through a podcast. Yeah, you, so you won't make it to That's definitely time. something that I want to work on. <laughs> just embracing the silence. I mean, you've talked about that so many times. Yeah. Instead of saying um, just don't say anything. Yeah, it's difficult, but we will try it anyway and go into our tap list. So this, that's it. So there you go. <laughs> It always happens that way. Right when you say yep. it, it gets right yep. in your mind. Absolutely. And we're going to local releases. What are you drinking? Mo, what are you drinking? I picked up a couple things today. Um, I picked up my shelf for the week. I won't spoil it okay. here, but I actually bought a, bought some of that so I could drink it to go along with the shelf for the week. I got some Castle Island High Death. Nice. Uh, they double IPA. They don't always brew that. Um, but they did recently come out with a batch of that, so I'm going to try that for the first time. I've never had it. Great. I definitely still have some Proclamation. Uh, my head chef got me some Dogfish 90 for my birthday. So. I love Dogfish 90. Just something to, uh, staple IPA, yep, baby. Yep. Can't go wrong with Dogfish 90. I The only new thing that I have is Todd, friend of the show, and his birthday this past week. You might have saw that on our Facebook page. I did. I saw Todd that. Todd gave me a can of Second Fiddle. Nice. I've never tried that. Me either. So I will open it uh, in your presence then, and we'll go, awesome. we'll go from there. But, I have that Skadoosh, too, that I got. Oh, yeah. How did you get that? Do you have, is there a story behind that? Uh, just a mini story. There was uh, one of the hostesses at the restaurant. She was going up to Stowe 
uh, for, with her with her boyfriend for like a little getaway. Okay. And she said it really casually, like, "Oh, we're going up to Stowe." And I stopped and I said, does, "Does your boyfriend drink beer?" And she's like, "Yeah." She's like, "He mentioned that there was a little brewery up there, but we're going up because there's mountains and oh, we're gonna boy. see the trees yeah. and we're gonna hike a trail." And I said, I hate to break this to you, but yeah, your boyfriend's taking you up there <laughs> yeah. to, to buy beer. I said, the alchemist is up there. There's no way you're not going there. And um, I said, if you do, you got to get me some heady and uh, some skadoosh if you could. And she didn't, I guess the limit on skadoosh was kind of low. Okay. So he had four packs promised to a lot of people. So I only got one can out of that. But um, really cool birthday present from someone I didn't think I was getting a birthday present. Yeah. Shout out to Desiree's boyfriend, whatever his name is. There you go. Hey, uh, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Joe and Desiree, Joe. friends of the show. Yep. I went with a pretty common name there. I could have went with Mohammed. It's the most common name. It is the world. most common name in the world. Yeah, read a read book. A book. But, um, so Proclamation posted on their Facebook page, yesterday our last beer was brewed in the West Kingston facility, which means they are on their way to Warwick. Warwick. Very exciting stuff. Closer to us. More limits. More beer. More tanks. <clears throat> Good to see the smaller places doing better. Yeah. Expanding. Uh, increasing production. Increasing availability. That's that's great. Great news. Good Tree, for them. Treehouse put out Lights On this week, which is a great light American IPA. They did Hold On to the Sunshine last week, which is a stout. Never tried it. Heard the line was crazy. I heard that too. And I also thinking backwards, working backwards on my on the bottom of my in perpetuity cans, it said "Hold on to sunshine." No, they yeah, a little sneak peek. So really, that's a sell there for you. Drink, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna point it out as long as I can. <laughs> but they printed it on the bottom of the can. So if you do get up to Treehouse, take a look on the bottom of the can. See if we can form a little pattern here. Maybe they'll only do it for special releases. If you ever get a can that says good morning, Facebook me, DM me, call me, stop it. Anything that you're doing, and get in touch with me so I can head up there. Uh, Vanishing Valley that we mentioned last week, a little more update on it. They're only open Wednesday, and they sell yeah. out of everything immediately. Correct. So we'll try to catch that. Three to seven, there. somebody said, which is yeah, that is just so weird to, to only have that one day, but... Yeah, I've heard it's only cans. Uh, their Facebook shows a bunch of logs on their... So I don't know if they do nearby... Maybe, do they do pours or something? Do they distribute to local bars in the area or... Maybe local bars in the area. I think that's... That would be really cool. That's the best thing that we could hope for probably. Hmm. Uh, Bissell Brothers. I checked out their release schedule because I'm heading up there in a couple of weeks. They don't have the weekend I am heading up out yet. They put it out a month at a time. But this week they are doing seed... Uh, 2017 batch. They brew it once a year with strawberries and raspberries from a nearby uh, Bradbury Mountain Farm. They say it has big, soft berry flavor. If you can get your hands on that, that's going to be pretty rare. Trillium put out Permutation Number 10, which is a bottle series that they do of some cool stouts and other barrel-aged stuff. Uh, we talked about Perm 9 last week on the show. I'm selling a bottle of that. Yep. That's aged in bourbon barrels. Do you know anything about Perm 10? I don't. Um, a lot of the perms are, are sours, too. I'm like, yeah. pretty sure Perm 9 is. It gets aged in bourbon barrels, I think was the... Perm 9 is. I've su- seen a couple like a before. Sour cherry or something like that, That maybe. they do something with... Uh, I don't know if it's a barreled IPA or, or what they do with some of the other stuff. But Mo is going to look into the Perm 10. And on a different note, nationwide, not New England related, but Monkish and The Veil put out a collab. 
this week called Matt Matt from the Vale Vale, which is kind of <laughs> cool. I'm going to post a picture of that on our Facebook page that I can. It's an homage to Matt, which is the head brewer for the Vale. And the reason why they say it twice is it's a double IPA that's been double hopped and also double dry hopped. So probably crazy Damn. amounts of flavor in that one. Those are two superstar breweries. Great to see that they have a good friendship, and they'll probably put out some cool stuff going forward. Uh, you got info on that Perm 10? Perm 10 is a cherry wild ale aged in bourbon barrels. There you go. That sounds very similar to the last pretty one. pretty sure that's, that's what Perm 9 was, nine. too. Maybe they're just doing a little improvement on it. But that is our local releases and what are you drinking segment. If you get a chance to go out to breweries this weekend, please stock up on stuff. Let us know what you're having. Post on our Facebook page. And that will lead us into our next segment, Cold Beer Good Read. This is a segment that we did a long time ago on a solo show. It's just about an article, a beer article that we see and we find a little bit fascinating. This is from a bigger publication. Time Magazine put this out on their online um, media uh, uh, Outlet. I don't know. Oh. I don't know what to say. Yeah, you got that. I don't think it was in the magazine itself. Maybe I don't even know if they do a magazine anymore. But when was the last time you read a Time magazine? <laughs> I mean, that was a never for me. The article is kind of uh, based on probably written by a non-beer drinker. What it seems like, because this is behind the times. But it's the title of the article is "Why Everyone Is Suddenly Obsessed with Sour Beer." A couple years late on this to the writer. I believe. Yeah. This. Probably could have been written a year ago. Yeah. 2017 could have easily been 2016, and it probably would have been a more relevant article. Yeah. But good facts in the article. Yeah, it does have some cool facts. And one thing that we wanted to bring to light about the article that that's pretty cool that I didn't know because I don't really obviously keep economic stats on beer. But in 2015, they sold just 45,000 cases of sour beer in the U.S., and it more than quintupled the following year. To 245,000 cases in 2016. They say it went up another 9% following that. So that puts it in the 270, 280 range. Which is pretty incredible. Uh, Just to compare to IPAs. Obviously still way behind the the boat. 14.5 million cases of IPAs were sold last year. uh, Which is obviously demolishes that number. But still... An interesting topic that we've talked about multiple times is sour beer. We want you to try something new. And this is this is data proving that the country is trying something new. Definitely. I, I think you need to point out about the numbers, though. 14.5 million cases, that's that's a hell of a lot of beer. That is. But when you think about it, every single brewery in America and abroad makes an IPA. Yeah. And most of them make multiple IPAs. Not everybody makes a sour beer. So these numbers, I feel like, are even more impressive because you're over a quarter million cases and it's still a relatively obscure style, yeah. a still a relatively uh, unknown style for you know the average beer drinker. So if this ever, you know, if articles like this ever become really mainstream, uh, it could really take off and, and grow by a lot more than 9%. Yeah, from what I understand about the process too is it takes probably more time takes a lot more risk. Uh, it takes probably a gentle brewing hand. And you really have to kind of know what you're doing, I think, to brew a good sour anyway, and not just waste product. And IPAs, probably not as much. Right. I think you can get away with brewing an average IPA. I think every brewery in America could do the same IPA, and people yeah. would still buy them from every 
distinct brewery, but you, you see the breweries that are moving. I mean, I'm just thinking Proclamation because that's fresh in my mind. Mm-hmm. You posted that um, that article in the the picture showing their their sour room, yeah, their kettle room or whatever whatever it was called um, was just about completed, and it's that's funny to me because these breweries when they move into a new brewery, they're thinking. Well, we gotta have a sour place. Yeah. You know, we gotta we gotta mess around with that. We gotta see what we can come up with because that's first of all, it's very good to keep it separate from your other beers because mm-hmm. if you're brewing a sour right next to an IPA or a stout or something and you get yeast that just moves over to the other tank, you'll ruin a whole batch of beer. But it's it's just funny to me that these breweries are actually consciously planning to jump into the sour game. Yeah, and it, it goes on to say some other interesting little tidbits. Uh, I didn't know this, but Whole Foods, it says, carries a hundred uh, sour beer from 150 different breweries. I didn't realize that. I don't, uh, I don't think I've ever been to a Whole Foods. Our Whole Foods around here don't sell beer that right. I know of, but nationwide, 150 different breweries. That's pretty cool, and they are local. Uh, Whole Foods really stays to what's local to you, so that's kind of a neat thing. And it also goes on to talk about InBev, and this is why I think it's written, among other reasons, by a non-beer drinker, but they reference InBev has purchased smaller breweries that make sour beer, including Blue Point, and they failed to mention Wicked Weed, which is a giant sour corporation. Yeah, they make a ton of sours. I've never seen a Blue Point sour, personally. I haven't either. Um, but I've also never seen a Blue Moon sour, which they also reference in this article. Another yeah. reason that maybe this person is really more of a wino, not a beer Yeah, and they so. say that the Blue Moon sours are for brewery only. <laughs> Which is kind of cool. And it goes into some of the process of how to make it, which we won't cover here. We have covered in the past. But we will post this on our Facebook page, New England Weekly Beer Discussion. Got it right that time. Perfect. And you guys can comment on it, read it, share the article so people can understand it. Again, if you haven't tried a sour, please try a sour. We encourage you to try all kinds of different beers just to know what you like. I know some people say it's not their thing, but the girls like them as well. I know Justine's a big fan of them. Jess loves them. I, she has a whole drawer full of them. Shout out to Jess. You can take a little sip. Um, whenever I buy something that's sour and I get to buy like a four-pack of it or a six-pack, and I, I stash one aside for her. So that, that Vermont beer that her friend got me well, like a month ago, two months ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. One of them was a, a peach sour that I put aside for her. Um, she's got one of the Revival sours. So um, as, soon as, she's, uh, as soon as she pops out this kid... <laughs> she's got a she's got a bunch of sours to drink, so <laughs> we'll get a sour in the nursing room for yep, it. So. Yep. Um that was another so there, by the way. <laughs> uh that concludes our cold beer good read. Again, we'll post it on our Facebook page, so be on the lookout for that. And I'm gonna go into something that's a little bit of a rant uh, that's kind of been annoying me on craft beer forums. This isn't off the tap list, this is just a pet peeve of mine. But a lot of people on these forums are complaining about rankings on Beer Advocate and also other rating sites. And they have, I mean, this is probably a tale as old as time. This is probably why they have the review system. But people arguing with a numerical score that's given to a beer. Specifically, the the post I'm talking about was for the Cloudwater Double IPA that just came out recently. It has an 89 on Beer Advocate. And somebody said that people are crazy for rating it this high. Then other people are saying that's a fair ranking. Other people are saying that's way too low. It should be 100. The ones that I saw were complaining that it was too low. Yeah. I, I just don't understand. Do you understand how the ranking system works? 
I do, but I know you're not talking to me. Yeah. So. so ranking system, you post a ranking, it numerically adds them up and averages them out. It's Correct. not that difficult. Nope. So you don't have to agree with people to get the same ranking. You can rank things however high as you want. Mo and I drink beer together all the time, enjoy a lot of the same beers. We rank things completely differently from time to time. Definitely. It's just the way it is. It depends on the mood you're in. Depends what your taste buds went through that day. Depends on the batch. Depends on everything. So many different factors. So for people to rank a beer, something that you don't like as higher or something that you do like as lower, really isn't that big of a deal. It's not. No. And, and just just a small scale example, you could love a beer. You could five star a beer. You could 100 a beer. And I have it and it's an 80. Well, guess yeah. what? That score for that beer is now a 90. Exactly. So you're going to think that's crazy low. I'm going to think that's actually kind of high. Yeah. And a bunch of people will think that that's just right. That's the Goldilocks rating. <laughs> so it's really ridiculous. I, mean, I just see articles like this. I read them and I'll read people's rants on them because I think they're hilarious. Yeah. And I and think like what would you have put in your rating? Yeah. Like why was it so much better or so much worse or why is that unfair or – you know, do people just not know as much about beer as you do? Or, I mean, what's the, I don't get it. What's the end game? I, I'm not sure either. And I, I use untapped to rank beers specifically for myself. So oh. when I go back and say, wow, I really like that beer. I'm going to try it again. Mm-hmm. I don't look at anybody else's rankings. Maybe if I'm at a store, I might look it up to see the overall ranking. Sure. If it's in the four ballpark, I'll buy it. But that, I just, I don't understand. You're, you're not ranking it's not a correct. There's no right answer. Nope. There's no right answer at all. Nope. A great beer could be a hundred. It could also be ranked a sixty by somebody else. Might be a little different. I might be exaggerating a bit, but it could be. No, I mean could potentially be. Definitely possible. And that segues us into our new critically acclaimed, soon to be critically acclaimed yeah. segment: bad beer review. Uh, so my idea about this is that have you ever been on Yelp or anything and seen a pretty awesome review, a spectacularly bad review? Somebody yeah, one-star something and people make fun. I mean, I'm sure you see it at the restaurant all the time. I've had, I've had crazy reviews directly, uh, reviewed directly for me Yeah. on, on Yelp. Um, really funny story I'll tell you off air, but <laughs> we can get into that, man. Uh, yeah, I, so yes, I know some crazy people. Yeah, so this, going back on that, the rant that I just had, I, I thought of... Man, maybe I could find some really good bad beer reviews and read them on the air. And in the process of doing this, I found a really bad review. But I went onto the guy's the guy's profile on Beer Advocate. His screen name is The Honest Drinker. And he rates a bunch of beers. Not poorly. Not always poorly. Some of them actually very good. But we're going to read you a couple just to get you his writing style. And we'll get to his spectacularly bad beer review at the end of this. <laughs> uh, so we'll stop... With his, he ranked the Hot Perfect IPA by Yazoo. He ranked it relatively highly. I believe the score is in the fours. I should have written it down, but I didn't. Uh, and he said, Hot Perfect is delicious. Watching a wannabe Luke Bryant hop around stage in his sister's blue jeans squawking like a dying kitten is not delicious. So I believe he had this at a Luke Bryan concert. Would be my guess. I would guess, or maybe somebody who's just trying to be Luke Bryan. Yeah. I will say a very funny review, but not all that helpful. No, not really. Not really in that. But, so all I know is that it's delicious. But they do. Beer Advocate allows you to rank from, what, five categories? So yeah. The numerical score one to five. Yep. So you can see his rankings on there as well. Uh, the second one, Mo, would you like to help us out with that one? Yeah, so we also rated a beer uh, called the Thin Mint Stout. 
by Bayou Buffalo. Uh, he commented that it tastes way better than a Girl Scout cookie, you perv. <laughs> that is literally how he wrote it. Hilarious. He's a pretty funny guy. He rated Christmas Bomb by Prairie. He said it tastes like a big load of Santa's nutmeg. Hashtag ho ho ho. Hashtag bomb. Hashtag I swallowed. <laughs> Good to know it wasn't a drain spit. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, exactly. Uh, what about the next one here? Crossover Sour Blonde by Odell Brewing. What did he have to say there? <laughs> he said, uh, skip to my loo. The professor of deliciousness arrived with this hot sauce ankle breaker. And one more, bartender. Wow, that's pretty clever on the and one uh, on the and one front. And we will get to his spectacular rating of Bud Light here. You know how big of a fan Mo and I are of Bud Light on the show. Especially you. Yeah, he gave it a solid one on Beer Advocate. And he said, I wet the bed, wrung it into a bottle, and played Russian roulette with a six-pack of Bud Light with my friends. No one lost. Or won. So that's how he feels about Bud Light, roughly as much as I feel about Bud Light. Uh, but we're going to try to find and keep our eye on some good, funny beer reviews. If you have any that you've ever seen, screenshot them, send them onto our Facebook page, and we'll, uh, we'll talk about them here on the show. Uh, that concludes, that's just kind of a fun segment that uh, we like to get everyone's opinion, and I had to get that rant off my chest. Yeah. Because I, I just can't stand it. You're bickering for no reason at all. That seems to be a lot of the activity on on media like that, you Most, know, on pages like that. You know, yeah. it's uh, just people that want to go back and forth about something. Yeah, they love life. I and guess. that brings us to our next segment, which is Tis the Season. Tis the Season is going to be something that we talk about a seasonal topic in beer. We have been harping on it for several weeks now about uh, fall beer that's coming out. Yep. The rise of pumpkin beer, the rise of the autumn IPA and things like that. Not not just IPA, but but other seasonal German styles of beer. Uh, you'll notice trends throughout the beer world throughout the year. So that's why we're going to keep this as a recurring seasonal segment. And we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about pumpkin beer. Uh, there's two groups in all these craft beer forums as well. It's, it's in the the beer community. There's a pumpkin side, people that like pumpkin beer, and there's anti-pumpkin, who are completely against pumpkin in every way, shape, or form. Uh, the take that I have from it, okay, a lot of the craft beer people look down on pumpkin beer, I think because some of the macro breweries produce and uh, shovel out the door pumpkin beer. I know you've spoke about it before on the show about Shipyard, how you're not happy with it. A lot of people buy it. But it, it seems to be a big seller, and it's probably something that is catered toward the lower palate. Uh, the other side, the anti-pumpkin beer, I've heard a lot of things, but it really boils down to that nobody has ever made a good pumpkin beer. A really, really good pumpkin beer. So I can agree with that. Uh, yeah, what, I mean, what is your take on that? Obviously, I, we've talked about it before. I I enjoy some pumpkin beers. I enjoy the Southern Tier Pumpkin. I enjoy some takes on it. I used to enjoy Shipyard. But I see the anti-pumpkin side. Mm-hmm. But you do have to diversify your portfolio. Sure. You know, make it strong, to, to quite strong. You know? So, <laughs> so. I, I think, I mean, I really kind of look at the, the people that really get into pumpkin beer that really enjoy it. Uh, I, I kind of compare them to, like, the Red Sox Pink Hats. Yeah. 
you know, like they, they're kind of just there for the ride. They're, you know, they don't, they don't, they're not big beer drinkers. They're only drinking it because it's the fall. You know, it's the same people that line up at Dunkin' Donuts for the pumpkin, pumpkin exactly. lattes. That's and exactly pumpkin. what I was going to say. Yeah. It's, you know, and I don't have a problem with that. If that's what you drink, that's what you drink. That's fine. My main problem with it is that it forces me as, as a restaurant guy to carry a beer that I don't want to carry. Yeah. Just because, you know, people are going to buy it and you can't. You have to put on the shelf what people are going to buy. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Shipyard Pumpkin flies. And, you know, we're, we're making money on it. The people are happy, so it's all good. But it's just it just rubs me the wrong way. I'm not a huge pumpkin beer guy. I don't hate it, um, but I don't love it. I'm, I'm kind of in the middle on it. I just, I hate carrying it. It just yeah. drives me nuts. And I wonder how much of this is regional bias with us having access to tremendous beer up here in Massachusetts and where we're located specifically Compared to somebody in the Midwest or Southern Florida, and not that they really care about the seasons changing that right. much, but not on the West Coast either. I mean, West Coast obviously has their own great beers, um, but someone in the Midwest who enjoys the season changing and, and tries a different beer but doesn't have access to the stuff that we do. Yeah. So I do wonder about that a lot, and you're seeing beers come out now by different breweries. My main example, Sloop. Uh, no pumpkin IPA that just came out. The The brewer specifically said that they designed this beer. Uh, they went around to a bunch of different breweries, tried every pumpkin beer they could, and they said that they found that there was no good pumpkin beer, and they just gave up and brewed an IPA. And that was their fall take on it. They wanted to brew a different one. I don't know if it's that they don't enjoy the profiles of the cinnamon, the nutmeg, the... I mean, nobody the, really uses the fruit of pumpkin all that well. Not they particularly. just use the cinnamon and the nutmeg to to make it sound like pumpkin. Yeah. But it's um yeah, there there tends to be a lot of weird spices in those beers too, specifically like yeah. nutmeg, allspice, even like clove sometimes. Yeah. Just like very odd flavors for me and it's I don't know, it can be a little off putting. Well, um, foreshadowing for this segment, I mean what do you feel about Christmas beers? Because Christmas beers are very similar. They have a lot of the spice. Yeah. They're a lot darker, though. A lot more full-bodied. But I enjoy some of the gingerbread-flavored beers. I just can't. Really? No, I'm not a fan. I don't know what it is. Maybe I just enjoy the sweet stuff. Yeah. I mean, you're a big fan of this holiday season, too. So maybe that has something to do with it. But, I mean, as long as I can remember, I've enjoyed the same winter lager. I mean, that may have changed now. True. But I used to enjoy also the take on the, the shipyard gingerbread which was before I really moved into some of the other diversified yeah. stuff. But there are a lot of good Christmas stouts, and stouts are difficult to get unique with, so they have to use different spices that are hearty and yeah. give it a different take on it. And maybe that's just people just don't like it. I, I don't know why, but to bash it and say that it's not worth trying is... No, I mean, that's definitely not true, but it is a polarizing category. I, I get that. Yeah. So we will post some more about this. I'll post the sloop. No pumpkin IPA on there. You said that Buzzards Bay had one? Yeah, Buzzards Bay kind of... I mean, they didn't do the same thing, but they um, they make an Oktoberfest, and the the logo for the beer is a picture. It's right on the, the bottle. Uh, it's a pumpkin with, like, a big, like, Ghostbusters red circle through it. Yeah. Because there is no pumpkin in this beer. They're, they're on the anti-pumpkin. I mean, maybe it's something as simple as the brewers just don't want to change because of a season as well. It maybe. Could be something as simple as that. Uh, but that 
it was all for Tis the Season. Again, give us your side of the debate. What are you, an anti-pumpkin guy? Are you a pumpkin guy? I, myself, I'm kind of on the fence. I mean, I'm not anti-pumpkin. I'll try pumpkin-style stuff. But I don't have any that I really, really care for other yeah. than the, the pumpkin. And even that is just because it's readily available on tap sure. in a lot of places. And high percentage, it'll blow your doors off. <laughs> so we will post a poll there, huh? And there see, uh, we'll post uh, the weekly poll. How's that? Weekly poll. Anti-pumpkin or pumpkin? You take your vote. Uh, that will bring us to our show ender, Shelf of the Week. It's a fan favorite. It's a sponsor favorite. The calls have been ringing off the hook. I can't beat them away with a stick, Mo. They're throwing <laughs> money at us. Yeah, well. <laughs> but, so who's the shelf for the week brought to uh, brought to you by this uh, week? This uh, week, uh, I, I don't know. Joe's Pumpkin <laughs> Beer. <laughs> Joe's Pumpkin Patch uh, brings us the shelf. It's a missed week. opportunity for a lot of businesses. It is. It is. It's just, you know, it's naivete, as you yeah. would say. Yeah, yeah sure. No, it uh, is, Absolutely. So I picked up uh, this beer at a gas station liquor store combo in Manapoiset, Massachusetts, which does not have a great variation of beer. I wouldn't Walked think that Walked into would. the store, I saw the usual suspects, Bud Light, Miller Light, things like that. I was hoping to get out of there with a Jack's Abbey of some kind. The only one they had was the house beer. Not a huge fan of it. I was hoping Man. more for Harponius. Yep. Um, and I saw this can that I've never seen before. <clears throat> It is Battle Road Brewing, the Lexington IPA. Mm-hmm. Battle Road Brewing is out of Maynard, Mass. Opened it up, light, fruity IPA. Wasn't too heavy, but it was very, very drinkable. I was very happy with it. Ten bucks for a six pack. It was like six and a half, seven percent. Yep. I really, really enjoyed it. I was shocked to see that, that there was a brewery like this and an IPA like this that I hadn't had around here. Pleasant surprise if you see it. It's a very modest can, silver can, comes in the old school plastic ring six pack, 12 ounce cans. Battle Road Brewing, Lexington IPA. That's my show for the week. You're going to see that beer distributed more now. Okay. Um, I won't go into too many details, but this beer was carried um, by a distributor that uh, only sells wine. Okay. And they had tried to expand their portfolio a little bit into craft beer. Nice. And they acquired this, the rights to distribute this brewery's beer. And unfortunately, the sales reps didn't really know what to do with it. Yeah. Because they're not marketing their, you know, their beer knowledge. They're marketing their wine knowledge. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of tanked a little bit for them. Uh, so now it's it's been picked up by another brewing, uh, another distributor who has a little more history with craft breweries. Um, so they'll they'll probably get it distributed at a, at a lot more package stores than this other company would have. So as far uh, as you'll a, probably see a lot of their stuff around now. As far as a baseline IPA, I'm very very happy with it. I've never tried any of their stuff. I know the salesman is dropping off samples for me because he wants me to. He wants me to put it on at some point. So nice. I'm interested. I'd, I'd try it for sure. Yeah. Uh, my shelfer. I I went to Lyman, Maine to get my shelfer. Wow. I didn't actually go there. <laughs> That's just where my my shelfer is from. The birth of Lyme disease. Um, it might be. I, I'll have to look into I think, that. I think it was Lyme, Connecticut. Was it, the birth of Lyme? Really? Disease. Yeah, I think so. That's interesting. Mm. Little side note. Um, I believe I've mentioned this brewery before. Uh, it's called Funky Bow. Uh, it's again, it's out of Lyme in Maine. Uh, the beer that I picked up. Uh, it's an IPA called So Folk and Hoppy. Wow. Um, their kind of thing is to name things after uh, music instruments or music terms. Um, they have a G-string pale ale. Wow. Um, nice. Yeah, they, what was the other one? I forget the name of the other one, but um, they, they have a few other beers where it's, it's all musical themed. 
Uh, it's six and a half percent. It's a year round. Um, you should be able to find it anywhere. I found mine at a local liquor store, which I won't name nope. because not until you pay. Not until you, you write pay the for check. It. Write the check. <laughs> Go uh, ahead. But, but it is. Go ahead. It is an eighty-four on Beer Advocate, and I didn't see any crazy reviews. I thought it'd be really cool if I could tie into the <laughs> other segment that if my shelfer had like some really funny reviews. Uh, but it didn't. It's really solid. Eighty-four on Beer Advocate. Um, so I'm gonna crack into those and uh, and take it for a spin. See what I think. Yeah, maybe for the bad beer review, it might be a better angle to go to like Yelp and see like what they rate breweries, mm. things like that. So, something something that would brainstorm sure. it. You know, yeah, we're, yeah. we're doing it live. We'll workshop it. We're gonna brainstorm it. So that is it for our show today. Again, check us out Instagram, Facebook, Untapped, Moses Malone, Untapped, Treehouse Benny, Untapped. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on Podomatic. We're freaking everywhere, man. Everywhere. Just I mean, download it, rate it, tell your friends, share it, tell every business you go to to pay us, and we'll say their name on air. Yep, and drink their products. I mean, whatever. Anything you got. So that is it for us this week, week 14. It feels good. It feels really good. It feels good to get 14. We're like in the groove now, I feel like. Yeah, I got one more in me as a single guy. One more. Week yeah. 15 will be Scary. the last single show. And then Scary. that's it. Rest yeah. of my life. Well, you won't feel very different God after. God You won't God feel going. any different after. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you guys. Thanks. Thanks. See ya.